Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant walls around motor group walls.com and doug sprinthal Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking, so when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle, It is, and it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Crazy kids. What's your name? Nancy. Oh, Nancy Cohn. That's a nice name. Nancy Cohn. Sounds like a hockey star. <laughs> Nancy and Larry Cohn. Isn't that nice? They're married four days. Give them a nice hand. I think that's very nice. Good luck to you, Larry. It's going to be a hell of a night, Larry. Want me to come up in the room with the baby brownie? I won't make any trouble. I'll just stand in the sink and take wild shots. Get yourself in heat, though, Larry. Make up something. My wife lays in the room every night goes, Go, Geronimo, go! Last night I was Cochise. That was murder. Had to stand on top of the sink in the nude, you hear? In the nude, and she was in the living room with a bell on her tuchus. She was going, Wagon train, coming through the pads! And I had to ring the bell. <laughs> Folks, you had to be there to understand it. The two guys from Boston went, well, What does it mean, Harvey, ring the bell? It's got to be wild, though, Larry. But it's going to be nice. I really mean it. I'll drink to you, really. Isn't that nice? Young kids getting married? That's the way it should be, boy. I mean, you're married a lot of years, right? Sister wife? Oh, oh, I didn't recognize you, Trixie. Anyway, gang. <laughs> Sheriff, know you're back in action? Do you, do you still do the trick with the horse? <laughs> Look at this. Nancy's explaining it to Larry. Let's try the trick with the horse. 
Yeah. So anyway, gang. That wasn't bad at oh, all. No. That wasn't the one he was supposed That wasn't even the boo, Molina. All right, I'll play it. I'll just got to find it. Cause, uh. All right, wait a minute. I'll read this while you're looking for it, okay? Um, there was an article today about, uh, I don't know, not the press secretary. Who is it at the... Who is it at the White House? The communications the, director. Communications director. She said she told white lies for the president. So the headline, of course, says uh, she claims she lied for Trump. Well, little lies. That, that If you're the communications director, your job is to lie. That's what your job is. In other words, you keep people at bay by telling them little versions of the truth that might not be the complete truth. So we asked, why is it called a white lie? Right. And, uh, and Joe do black, from do black lives matter? Oh, uh, black lives matter. Get out. <laughs> no. Uh, white has been used to signify purity, good, or harmless yes, for centuries. Man. So since a white lie is considered a polite lie, it's possible that the expression has been around for a long time. So it has nothing to do with skin color, Tevin, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Perfect. So that's good. Now, what Don Rickles has to say does. Uh, we were just talking about this, and Gabe uh, and Tevin, here's what we were talking about. How Don Rickles, if he did his act today, there is no way. And Gabe, you're a professional comedian. You would know this. Uh, Tevin, you you ran a club for a long time. You're still involved in the business. Would this, there's no way this humor could could still make it today. There's not a chance. I have a lot of opinions. You Mormons never laugh, do you? Just sit there with your pilgrim hat waiting for your duck to die. Hope you're going to Utah and suck salt. I say this, gang. Sucking salt, that's a colored dance team. <laughs> the color guy went, I, I never heard of sucking salt. Heard of the Nicholas Brothers, but never sucking salt. It's true. Why do I make fun of the Negroes? Because I'm not one of them. But I say this, gang. See any color guys coming towards me? If you see teeth, it's not an ivory hunt. Go into glory, glory, hallelujah. Open up a bucket of watermelon and hope to hell we don't get picked off. I say this, though, gang. Don't scratch, sir. It clears right up. There's a new thing out called soap and water. Can you believe that? I, I, yeah, it's, what's really hard with that is thinking of a bunch of old, rich, white people laughing at it. That's where it's tougher. I, I believe right. him. Yeah, his opinions, I sort of trust, not maybe But it was, like, it was like watching Archie Bunker. Yes. He was kind of making so much fun of it, like how hypocritical it is that, that I only hear uh. it. I think I don't know. I don't see it as I don't see it as, as mean spirited racist. No, it's I, I see yeah, Archie it more was as, never meant to be a uh, a sympathetic figure. No, it, it's also hard to think no. like those line, like the teeth and whatever cracks were maybe somewhat original back then. Whereas now yeah. that scene right. is just a grotesque. Yeah, that's everybody. Yeah, I've heard the watermelon teeth. Right. Grape soda, yeah, that's all. I've seen you do it, right? But back, yeah. but back then, no. Wait, grape was soda? It. That's something new to me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like yeah, that'll be your next email address. Um, <laughs> grape soda man sixty six. Um, I think Tom about the that kind of talk. You definitely would not have survived the last ten years. But my prediction is no that way. it's it's gonna come back in some way. Like I agree. I know really? for me, yeah, I, I'm really? starting to do like. More, you know, um, it's hard for me to even admit it, but the, I like I think the last five years I've sort of, uh, you know, pulled punches a little bit, and I didn't think I was because I thought I was just adjusting to the audience. But you realize right. there are, I don't know, that you know, I I sort of was, and I feel like it's getting looser and looser, and I think there's an appetite for it. People know 
or understand. Like, people are so much smarter than you give them credit for in ways. I'm sure you know with the podcast. Like, I'm, I've always amazed that stuff we say, we don't get um, crap for it. And I've said some pretty heinous stuff. Right. And I, well, I think now it's people are starting to get they more know you're ups- like, Yeah, well, they are like, well, the world's so politically correct that it's refreshing to hear I somebody. Well, this yeah. is actually just the a therapy session. This doesn't go anywhere. Right. It stays, it's not connected to the internet. That's why there's no feedback. This, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it feels I, that I, way. I, I, I think we need a new Don Rickles. I really do. Yeah. Oh, I, I, like, I, I firmly believe the next was guy. Big. Yeah. Go ahead. The reason Rickles was big was because he had just come out come out of the era of like you know everyone is always wearing suits and you know how do you do, ma'am? How do you do, sir? Pretending like the entire world is you know, it's like the Stepford Wives, but for the entire country. And then the reason Bill Hicks that kind of thing became big was because they had just come out of the hippie movement. Which, you know, everyone was always supposed to, you know, t- think about each other's feelings and, you know, don't say something if you don't have something nice to say, et cetera, et cetera. So we're in one of those eras right now, so the next era of comedy is going to be the exact opposite of what we're going through right now. That's, that's the greatest thing is, you're a Jewish guy, you can always tell. Bald, heavy set, and a hook nose that's sucking up his lip. <laughs> you're either a Jewish He's guy or a Zeppelin, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> He's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hardest I've ever heard Tom laugh. I think the thing that makes it not racist is when he makes fun of everybody. He does. He did. Right. So he makes fun not, of That's how it's not racist is when you're getting making fun of everybody. He was all. Uh, I'll tell you what won't come back though. Probably is remember he used to sing a song at the beginning and and end of every yes. show. Yeah. He would earnestly sing a song because that was back when it's like you're you're an entertainer. You got to yeah. do. You know. I almost want to do that as a bit this Friday. Yeah, I'm going to sing should. a song. What would you sing? I don't know. What's his name? Yeah. Still in that? Jeff Richards is still in that. What's that? Jeff doing Richards what? sings a song. Sings Does he songs. really? Yep. Do his do his act. He sings. Well, a he sucks point. compared to me, so it's just not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was the only person ever on Saturday Night Live and and Mad TV. Yeah, I worked with him. Yeah, he was no, on both. I know Jeff. Yeah, but yeah, he sings songs now. Huh? Do his act. And dances. He does? He yes. dances now? I knew he sang. Yes. He always had the guitar that he'd yeah. break out. No, he doesn't do the guitar anymore. He just sings and dances. Does he sing to be funny, though, or is he singing, like, you no, know, he earnest songs? Uh, no, he has his, his songs that aren't funny. Right. I'm talking Sinatra, like I'm going to croon. Oh, he, I mean, he has a whole, he has two full albums I've of music out. I've got a crush on you. Hi, everybody. Sweetie hey, pie. Got another joke for you, man. But Jeff is crazy. Yeah, so. that'd be really wonderful. I think so. Mentally um, insane. <laughs> where's Jeff from? Jeff Richards is from, is from, is from California. He's in L.A. Born yeah, and yeah. raised. Born and raised California. Born and raised Glendale. If I, if I got into the comedy business, the last name I would use is Jeff Richards. Because yeah. yes, <laughs> it doesn't stand out at all. You That's, know, Gabe Noah, you don't hear that, that name all the time. It's a name you know. destined to be in lights. It's your Gabe Noah. Yes. Good furniture sales name, a, too. You know, it really is. Yeah. I know Jeff really, really well. And he had he, his career was going pretty good. But he's a sexual deviant. Really? No, that's, oh, that's what got how him, so? What? <laughs> that's what got him fired from both Saturday Night Live and Matt TV. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Sexual harassment. I would say that's the last thing yeah, I've yeah, worked on a couple of times. Oh, that's yes. the last thing I would have oh, ever yeah. thought. Yeah. That's a published thing? So oh, like yeah. Published? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then it's elaborated. I, mean, I know it's published. stuff that's not published that 
That's probably better for It's okay. Air. We're not hooked yeah. up to anything, Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's listening? And, Sam, and, works? and yeah. you know what? Bobby, Bobby Lee, who I think is one of the funniest comics in the I world. Agree. In the world. Right now at the comedy like store, Bobby, Lee, yeah. Bobby Lee's in the top three funniest guys there. Period. Yeah. And he, night after night after night, he just hammers it, hammers it, hammers it, hammers it. But he's another one that he, he had sexual deviance oh, yeah. issues in the past. And that's why I think he's... Doesn't get on anything. He showed his butthole, his butt's hole to a audience at a live show, took down his okay. pants and spread the cheek. It's one thing to moon. This is a whole another level. <laughs> well, him, showing the crater. I, I forget whether first time I ever met Bobby Lee ever. I was Mitzi's, Mitz, Paulie Shore's mother. Mitzi said, "Oh, I got an apartment you can stay at. Just go up the hill. It's right at the top. Take a look at it." So I go up there and I open the door and. Bobby Lee's laying, there's just an empty room with a mattress in it, and there's Bobby Lee laying in tidy whities <laughs> in the fetal position, and he says to me, he just casually looks at me, doesn't lift his head, looks at me and he says, do you want to lay with me? <laughs> and I said, and I've never met the guy in my life. And I'm like, uh, I think I'll pass, dude. And <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I ever met Bobby Lee, but it was either Bobby Lee or Jeff Richards who actually took a dump on somebody's desk at at Walzer Chevrolet conveniently located at Brooklyn Park Drive and it was a, it was a, gr- a girl they were hitting on that wouldn't date them and they took a dump yeah, on their desk I heard that yeah huh. oh god did that so win you knew that already Gabe. I did actually I have heard that yep it's a factual story <laughs> yeah it actually made the like a police report and made the news. Yeah. I just don't remember who it was. Was it Jeff Richards or was it Bobby Lee? I don't remember who the lady was. No, it was Bobby Lee who did It was Bobby Lee. Okay, it was Bobby Lee. Absolutely. But but I still think Bobby Lee is one of the funniest comics stand-up. There is. Tom, any famous dumps you've taken anywhere? No, no, I got to be honest with you. The, The first thing that comes to my mind when I hear something like that is a guy took a dump on this woman's desk. Doesn't she have any, like, a father or any brothers? Right, yeah. Because he's, he's still alive. You know what I mean? That's the whole problem. The first thing I would think of is, I'm going to take your head off. And you know what's weird? He's the I nicest mean, guy in the world. Well, sounds like it. Yeah. That's <laughs> what he, they all say. But he really is. Bobby, you know Bobby. Yes. Bobby's a sweetheart, man. He, right. But he's on, he, you know, does but stuff like that. But he's a sexual that. deviant. Yeah. Like, I think I'm a nice guy. But no, you're not. Right. <laughs> well, no, I am. Let's not get nuts here. I guess. You yeah. know, I'm gonna get, get too crazy here. Right. Uh, li- <laughs> he goes right. Yep. <laughs> Friday at 8 o'clock and Saturday at 8 o'clock. I want to hear all. 1501 Washington Avenue, Minneapolis, Minnesota, United States. Let's not forget that part. Yes. We're going to do this one in the United States. What yep. the heck? Next, Yeah, next one's international. Yeah. So yeah, at uh, Comedy Underground, which is just one of my favorite, it's got a we'll call it a punk rock aesthetic. Fifteenth and Washington is that like the Village Seven Walk? Seven Corners. Oh, is okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Live from the Village Walk, I wish. Yeah, Seven Corner. Yeah, Seven Corners. So it's in the basement of a place called Corner Bar, and it's actually the only comic room or comic run room in the country. It's a nonprofit. They got this very weird. Huh. Um, uh, this guy named Bob Edwards who got behind it, who's good at that sort of engineering and. They a- right. actually built a beautiful thing. It's uh, a little tight basement room, brick walls, brick ceiling, or well, not brick, but uh, it's just tight. And when you pack a hundred people in there, hundred and twenty, it's just awesome. You know, it really you feel the energy, and you have great shows. 
when there's six so no, people. As you're going, not it sucks. Not, yeah, when you more go embarrassing. You're going south on Washington. Mm-hmm. You go past Dudley Riggs and where Sergeant Preston's used to be. You remember where Sergeant yeah. Preston's used to be? Yep, exactly. So across. Where is it? Is, so, so across, there's where seven Bull corners. Was? Yeah, I, I was gonna say. So look at Bullwinkles, and then go right okay. to the left across the street from uh, that. If you're standing that, in Sergeant Preston's, that, okay. I, I got what is it like, out of all oh, those okay. Is it Town Hall Brewery or yeah. Rock Bottom? Brewery? No nope, other way. Oh. Yeah. So it's basically stand in Sergeant Preston's deck, looking toward the old Metrodome. Look at Bullwinkles, and then go to the left across the street, and that's where Corner Bar is lo- in the basement. I love that neighborhood, actually. I spent a lot of time in that neighborhood when I was in my 20s, man. I'll tell you that. It was great. Even when I went to college, it was great. It's a great neighborhood. I did. Yeah. I, we'd start great the pub crawl there, and we'd wind up at the caboose. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a long no, walk. No, absolutely right. That, that's, yeah, that's a hell of a walk. walk. Well, you have to hit every bar on the way. There's the Palmers and the Five Corners. And was Cedar and Avenue? Well, that's true. But, so. That's true. When did Cedar become, you know, uh, Little Somalia or whatever they... Well, I'm not saying that. It's probably yeah. like the mid-late 90s, I think. Okay. Is when the neighborhood changed. Okay. Was what was it like then? Was it a bar party yeah. area? Oh, yeah. No, okay. it's, live music was bigger back then, so you had a lot of those bars had bands, you know, five, seven 400 nights a bar, week. right? Yeah, 400. Yeah. Is this well, a Somali band? Way. You know, once you cross the bridge... This is a Somali band. Do you remember, you know, when you cross the bridge, you're over 35... Yes. From that point to the caboose, not in the caboose, but to the caboose, uh, you could buy any drug you wanted. I will tell you ah. that. <laughs> that, <laughs> good old like that good old day. Illegal drug row, man. I've we'll heard right that back. to be true. Tom Bernard. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always great to be with you, Tommy. Michael, we've talked before about the XCheck app at North American Banking Company, where you can send money to your friends and family directly from your account to theirs for free. I imagine people are using that a lot these days, huh? Beyond paying a friend back for the dinner you split or paying fantasy football or golf side action, we've heard from our customers that they're using XCheck to send money to their grown-up kids for a family takeout meal or using it to pay the person that plows their driveway in the winter. Our customers love the flexibility of paying right from their account in just a couple of taps on their phone wherever they are located. I use XCheck, and it's just as easy as Michael says. Send money in one business day or less, and it's completely free. Get X-Check by contacting any of North American Banking Company's five Twin Cities locations. So why not bank with my banker? That's you, Mike. Tommy, thanks for the privilege. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. Saw him the other night at this roadside bar. I was walking in. He was walking out. We 
glory days, man. Yeah, when you could buy drugs. You just buy them right there. There used to be a drugstore. It's no longer there. But there was an empty lot next to it. And the drugstore had nothing to do with it. But apparently the hippies back in those days thought, hey, if we're going to sell drugs, we should do it next to a drugstore. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes hey, that's, sense, that's how they it? do it in Mexico. Yeah, but back then they didn't even have, like, fentanyl. I mean, how do you get high without yeah. something powerful? I remember that. That place was it was across the street from the Riverside Cafe, wasn't it? That's exactly right. I don't know how Cedar I knew that. Riverside Theater. The whole shooting. I, yeah, I spent a, you spent a lot of time down there. Hmm. Had a great time. Had a lot of fun down there. It was wonderful. But uh, what was the name of the other bar that was right by the caboose? The Joint. Uh, the Whiskey Junction that's and the gone. Joint Whiskey Junction. Whiskey Junction. That, that just that, closed. That's gone now, right? It just closed. That's yes. what I heard. It, I yeah. heard it closed. Just closed. That yeah. was a whole different, yeah, I, that was a whole different I, I life. I wouldn't doubt the whole thing closes soon. Because think They're about it. It's right well. on the light rail. It's a perfect place for big Too development. Too valuable, yeah. You know, 90-story yeah. condos right on the light rail. I, yeah. I say it'll all be gone. I went there once like eight years ago. Probably more, maybe ten years ago, because it was back. I was on mushrooms, magic mushrooms with friends. We're doing the day oh, drinking thing, and I walked in there, and it it was a whole bunch of bikers, but there was a white supremacy vibe about a lot of them. Yeah, I think they were white supremacists. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah, many of them. They were Dennis from Egan. Yeah, probably, <laughs> but passionate ones. Yeah, and. Uh, it was a weird thing to wake up from your like trip to be like, holy shit, I'm standing in a you know, whatever. I might be in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. I went there exactly. once. I was uncomfortable there. You would blend right in. No, I was uncomfortable there. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me Don Rickles you jokes. They love right it. In. Yeah. They would. So how did you? How did you figure out there was a there was a white supremacy vibe? Was it? Was it oh, just or what was it? I'd say they were full on just wearing the gear, you know. Yeah, they were swastikas. <laughs> really? Were, oh, oh yeah, yeah. really? Yeah, one hundred percent. There's the burning cross in the that, background. Yeah, yes. when I first moved, yeah, the, the lynchings cross. was. The... It's the only group of people who, who don't like Tevin. When I first moved here <laughs> ten years ago, that's that's how it was. Yeah. 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 Really? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I've been there other nights, and it's totally, you know, was fine. But this was something of a gathering yeah, for right. uh, gangs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't. I don't really understand how you go from 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 swastikas and that whole deal to being in a biker gang though. How did how did how did that mesh? Just everything. Really anti everything. Yeah. It's yeah. Just anti anti yeah. everything. You like to use okay. those symbols to to provoke. It's into, called the, it's right? called the one percent. Yeah. You're a one percenter. Well, if you want to, you know, if you want to, you know, ride, run around killing people, then a biker gang is pretty much the best place to be. Probably true. Because you know you're gonna. Get all your buddies to back you up and just, you know, that's what they did, was they tried to get in fights in bars. Yeah, I guess so. Andy, every time I you speak, I look true. over the board to look at you. You're not there. <laughs> yeah, he's not there. Far away. He just disappears. That's all, that's all it is. Gabe Noah is appearing this Friday and Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, at 8 o'clock at Seven Corners. I love Seven Corners, the corner bar, underground. Uh, you can go to ccug.com to buy tickets. As a matter of fact, again, 8 o'clock on Friday and 8 o'clock on Saturday. Tevin, are you going to introduce him? I might have to now that it's been mentioned a couple well, times. We'll, we'll put something together Ed, and you say know, some words. We should say we didn't say it on the radio, and I don't even know if I've hardly told you, but um, for people who listen to our podcast, our show, uh, a few, uh, well, I think maybe four or five of our show guests, so like the people who are normally anonymous and don't want to be known like right. the main guests are right. going to be there and they want to come to the show and it sounds like a lot of them are 
are uh, good to maybe do a little informal Q and A and all that stuff too. So, so we're kind of for fans of our show could be fun. Uh, the show is called Pros and Cons. That's right. That's <laughs> called unbelievable. Somebody just sent me a, a text message that said it's hard to believe L.A. Nick would be uncomfortable anywhere. Yeah, well, white supremacy. What do know. they mean by? What do they mean by that? Yeah, what do they mean by um, that? I, Seriously, what do they mean? by I think that? you just, I just, you, because you would talk and everybody would just go, Jesus, is this guy ever going to pipe down? And uh, no. for the record, Tom, he's wearing a uh, a helmet with the uh, Nazi. The uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's got the uh, it's got the the cross. What's that cross I'm called? The iron cross. I'm wearing a Slayer shirt that has an iron cross. Iron on cross on it. Yeah. Oh, Slayer. That's shirt. a Slayer shirt. Slayer shirt. I mean, why are you saluting in that See, way though? Like... <laughs> Somebody actually gave you crap about that one day, though. Yeah, I bet. They really did. Yeah, people are sensitive. Yeah, people are really too sensitive. I told you about the uh, woman who thought the Norwegian flag outside their neighbor's window was a... uh, confederacy flag (laughs) are you kidding that's hilarious (laughs) nope that's that's real oh my gosh i'm frightened they've got the confederate flag we've got to force people to get through eighth grade that'd be great to get we really do we should start selling some norwegian like flag (laughs) things for trucks and for belt buckles yeah yeah belt buckles and t-shirts we got got a a large norwegian community here that would be so awesome yeah they'd buy it i love that idea they would yeah no. Didn't put love it or leave it a, or something like play that. Play Sweet too. Home I Alabama backwards. I, I seriously have two, a big portrait of the two separate ones, the king and queen of Norway in my house. I believe you. From like the 1800s. <laughs> but we have to ask the question. Yeah. Why? Right. Yes. <laughs> I came across them. I liked them and I bought them. Okay. And so back to okay, this. So. Where do you get your money? <laughs> Back to this. Yeah. Not from working, that's for sure. I know. What are you talking about? That's all I do is Gets work. Probably gets it from around. the king and queen. That's right? all I do is work. <laughs> now, L.A. Nick has a bar downtown Minneapolis on, on 7th. But I, I am planning a vacation this this week. I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Morocco. Uh, you were just a vacation, on vacation from walking around. I'm going to go to Tangiers and Morocco. So if anybody knows anything about oh Tangiers, I'm going to Tangiers. Unbelievable. So. Bring me with. A friend of mine from college married uh, the daughter of the head of the Moroccan CIA, and he tells this story about his wedding, and it's just what? unbelievable. He's dead now. Damn it. Um, so you can't hook me up. Get him for the show. Story. Yeah. The men all gather, and they slaughter goats, and they offer him the eye at the dinner, and they had to hang the bed sheets outside the window to prove they consummated the Oh, they did the that? Yeah. Day. Yeah, I mean, it's just... The story was crazy. It's, uh, I've done that as a bragging thing. I was real smart. I bought a lot of Facebook stock the day it came out. What? Oh, uh, okay, you're doing the money thing. That was a weird thing. segue. Yeah. Oh, okay. really this is a real interesting segue. From Moroccan yeah. sex that's, to well, next bank account. Where the money goes from. So that's really, I, that's amazing. It was 32 bucks a share. Why'd you buy it? Because I knew it was going to go huge. Who told you? Not just me. Just Al Gore. <laughs> And then I had a friend call me and said, get all the money you can get, every penny, get every dollar, beg, borrow, steal, and put, buy all the LinkedIn you can buy today. You have to do it today. Wow. Sounds and, like and insider trader. insider trader. And it doubled That's the cool. next day. That's amazing. So you know Johnny LinkedIn. If someone, <laughs> I just paid let's say someone is an insider trader, but then gives you a tip without letting you know that he's an insider trader, are you now on the hook or are you okay? No, you're fine, but he might be in trouble. 
Don't you think well, that's yeah. how politics work? Like why why all our senators? Well, and stuff yeah, are, definitely. Yeah, leave office as millionaires. But but, but the, the the main oh, thing God, you yes. can remember the one thing you're never going to make more of, and you should buy as much as possible, is land. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That is true. Buy as much land as you can buy. A hundred years ago, you could buy, like, the state of Montana for $50. Yeah. Land, well, land, and more land. Today it's worth well over a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well it's gone bucks. way up. What do you think, Tom, about the, like, I, I haven't heard much of you talking about the investigation. I'm sure that you have, uh, the Trump stuff. But what do you, th- like, what's your take on this whole thing? What do you think is going to get revealed no, my take on which whole thing now is uh, I'm like still the going Trump. on the, how the hell yeah, we got sorry. the Facebook stock. Right, right. Anyway. <laughs> the Mueller okay, investigation. What, what like the Mueller investigation? Gonna, yeah. Do you I, think I they're going to have I mean, anything? I don't think so. I, I, look, I'm not a fan of anybody. I don't like politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. Yeah. I think they scam people for money. That's what they do. Right. Um, I don't think any of these investigations will ever go anywhere. I know they're gonna, they want to impeach him. Look, even if they did impeach him, he's not going anywhere. Right. Bill Clinton got impeached. Yeah, exactly. It didn't mean anything. Yeah, I, I thought, I guess my hope for it is is that it just reveals how corrupt they all are. Because I, I just agree completely they that all they're all are. fleecing us constantly. And hopefully there's some chance of that, I don't know, I getting think we should worry about. If, we should worry more about how corrupt our city government is. Right here. Oh, I would agree with you the on that. City of oh, yeah, there's a lot of that. How are they corrupt? Like, mm-hmm. how is the city government here most corrupt? Oh, what are the god. things? Oh my god, what do you want me? It's to not start? the most corrupt. Well, no, the most the is probably corrupt. like what? Yeah, what, is your, like, what are your top three like things that really make you crazy? Oh, right about now, it? developing, developing, and city government uh, getting paid off developers. It's just over the top. What's an example of that? Uh, well, our, our newly. Like Are you trying there. to get me sued today, Gabe? I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm so I'm just curious. I'm truly, I'm curious. I'll tell you. I mean, I mean this is public knowledge. And, 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 and start your this whole story on it. I'm trying to get Nick sued. Whole, whole story on it. So our new, our, new, our, new elected, our new elected mayor, Jacob Fry, who I actually like. I think he's a really nice guy. But his best friend, who was his best man in his wedding, who and Jacob is an attorney and his wife's a lobbyist, which are all red flags. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, his best that, friend right. gets the development deal to two of the biggest development deals in the city of Minneapolis. So that's oh, kind of see, right there. So Sounds like a coincidence. On, it's just all you know. Yeah, just just a little too much for me, man. All right, but then right again, there. you're somehow rich. So why are you complaining? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, I am not complaining. Yeah. I'm just saying, if we all looked in our own backyard before we looked at the at the federal government. And we looked at our own backyard sure. and start fixing our own backyards. Maybe we could get somewhere if we constantly look well, at the. I agree at the, with that. If we constantly look at the national. The, listen, the government, the federal government. All not right, there. I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> the federal, <laughs> the federal government is not there to do anything for you. You know that, right? Yeah. No, they're no, they're not. Absolutely, right. they are You're not there to do anything that. for you. Now, local government is your is, That's your community. That's your village. And they should be looking out for you. So start with your local government. Well, I'm friends with the mayor, so I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's, he's a stoner, so I believe yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the whole thing that's so obnoxious to watch 
is how one party just kisses ass on big business and they're trying to line their own pockets. And the other party pretends to stand up for the people of color and DACA and the black man. And the only reason they do it is because they want you to vote for them. They right. think they can lock in your vote for the rest of time and they will hold power forever. Yeah. That's, the, that's what all this stuff is. Do you hear the Rubio oh. thing when he said uh, that, no, no, no. That the NRA buys into his agenda. That, that was, I thought it was a clever off the cuff line. Did he even have the balls? But I wouldn't have said that. it. Yeah, exactly. Wait a minute, I didn't hear this. What did he say? Well, he 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 softened his position on gun control in Florida, and somebody oh, yeah, asked him. Yeah, I did hear that. Nick's going off mic here, just having a side conversation during the podcast. Oh, isn't that wonderful? I Don't not. I have the greatest goddamn job not. in the world? Yeah, you really do. Okay. I thought anyway. I would. And somebody, I, correct me if I get this wrong, Gabe, but somebody asked him if he would uh, uh, turn or give back money that the NRA had given him uh, to support their, their agenda. Yeah. And he says, well, they gave it to me to support my agenda, is essentially what he said. Right. Oh, but I thought he said it uglier because he said... Just no, no, no. He said his donors buy into his agenda. That's right. As That's if what he it was. Right. frames right. it out and people just line up to give him money. Yeah. But yeah. It's just, I, I just, how people cannot see that they're being suckered in to voting. That's all this is. It's about getting your you to vote for them. That's all. They don't want to help you. I've talked about this many, many times, Gabe. Yeah. Uh, when I grew up in North Minneapolis since I was a little kid, I've been hearing how they're going to come in there and they're going to repair everything and they're going to treat everybody great and all these poor people are going to really rise up and it's going to be phenomenal and not a thing has happened well, since I was still, a little they're, kid. They're, still, they're still saying that, though. <laughs> They said that this year's election. We're going we're gonna to be patient. Fix North oh, Minneapolis. I, oh, I figured out the it whole just... gun control thing, though. What's that? Oh, you have? Okay. Change the law that only women can own guns. No, that's a disaster. Change it to right only women can own guns. Yeah. So you want Catherine to be armed. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, there have been so few mass shootings from women. There was that. Muslim couple that shot Very up the fair. holiday party in San Bernardino. I think that's it. Right. Yeah. And if you're a guy There's and you got to protect yourself, but you go, okay, guys aren't armed. It's only women. Yeah, I like my odds in that. I just I know how not to piss women off. So what you're saying is you think women are so inferior physically that you'd like to, or they're just <laughs> oh! more. I'm not going there. <laughs> Not the opinions no, of I Walls or Automotive yeah. Group or Walls.com. <laughs> Font purveyors of fine hour and deals everywhere. Certainly it not. Clearly, never happened, but it is an interesting like idea. It is. I love it. We shall Even be back. Thinking. We have one more segment. Yeah, that's exactly right. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate, and when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. 
It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com. That's shift, the number two, sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit saberheating.com. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We've solved all of the problems in the world. Please understand that politicians, left or right, doesn't matter. All they want is you to vote for them so they can make a lot of money. That's all. That's it. Uh, Once you understand that, you'll be much better off in your own head. No question about it. First of all, I've never been real political anyway. uh, I was raised a Democrat. My mother was a big-time Democrat. You know, she's very poor. You right? led. So, you started the movement that begat Donald Trump. <laughs> Tom, I on the did. morning show, shot his mouth off about how funny it would be if Jesse Ventura got to be the governor of Minnesota. That, and think about what happened true. after that. You're right. California You're says, right. hold I my beer, guilty. here comes Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. And then we get Sarah Palin, and now we got Donald Trump. You're political. It's all your fault. Thanks, Tom. That, you're right. You're right. It was my gotta, fault. That is true. Go. I do think I, I used How? to ask for politicians to speak like normal people. Like, I used to just say, like, I hate that, you know, the Hillary Clinton way of talking, kind of. And then, boy, we With got it now. Thumbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, be careful, I guess. God, stay off of Twitter. Honest to God, would you just stay off of Twitter? I don't have the hours in the day to do what our president does. Right. I don't have time to do that stuff. I don't know where the hell he finds time to do it all. Yeah, yes, I'm on the air seven and a half or eight hours a day, and <laughs> I'm on corp- corporate calls another four or five hours a day. And I, I got, I, I got to believe as president, you got a lot more to do than a morning and afternoon guy in radio. Yeah, well, they say so. what seven hours of TV a day, I think, is what they say for him. Watches that much? Yeah, and yeah. Got to fit in his golf trips and. Everything else. The golf trips, don't forget that. Yeah, you're absolutely to his own golf courses, yeah. by the way. Spending quality time with his wife. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, are those two zero. kids getting along these days or not? She does not look happy. I mean, I maybe it's she just doesn't. her Although she couldn't she, with all the plastic ne- surgery, even if she was. Yeah, she's never looked happy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I said. It might just be her natural countenance. She's never yeah. looked happy. <laughs> well, she is, what, she's Eastern European? She's Russian, she's I Russian. think. Yeah. Uh, Oh, she's Russian? I didn't think she's Russian. Oh, no, Russian. No, she's from, uh, she's Slovenia. From, uh, well, Slovenia, there you go, yeah. Slovenia, there you go. It's the same thing. Same story? Not but in really. Russia, there's a social thing where basically uh, you don't smile unless you have a really good reason. 
to because otherwise it makes you look stupid. Yeah. If you just walk around smiling all all the time, they think it makes you look like an idiot. Is that a real so thing? Yeah, don't smile. Same with Poland and Czech. And Czech yep. all, I've noticed that anecdotally. Like we've yeah. all said uh, uh, when I worked. Yeah, Russians don't really smile that much. At the furniture store, we'd always say they'd come in like dead-eyed people. Like, oh, he's you Russian. You actually I could worked tell. at a furniture store? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. still, yeah. I, I, I still kidding. work at one okay. two days a week. So come on down to Slumberland. <laughs> no. Is uh, it mat- are you having a mattress sale anytime soon? You know, funny you say that. We are having a mattress sale. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I've, I've sold furniture my whole life. My family's in the business. So. Mattress I was a house. sales trainer and everything. I've done all kinds you of were? stuff. You were? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, a, I'm a good salesman. You wouldn't believe it. Just love no, in the mattress the world, do they call it their lay down, or is that not vernacular that translates into your world? You mean lay down like an easy sale? Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I always thought that lay downs in the mattress sale. And yeah, or else a baby fun. seal. You ever hear that? Yeah, Got a baby club seal. Like a baby that was seal. Always, yeah. I always wanted to have that. I think that was the best profession in the world to be a mattress tester. You wake up in the morning and your job's over. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Because they have mattress testers. I think your Somebody job's tests. pretty what's good. A, what's the quickest way to kill yourself? <laughs> in any case, I, I just, I, yeah. So your family is in the in the furniture business. Yeah, my my dad. Or were they were in the furniture? Yeah, they're like uh, bootstraps. Like my dad is like he left home at seventeen and started his own furniture store at like twenty three and um, has now a very successful business, but not when I was growing up. But so so where where did where Detroit did he Lakes start? Minnesota Noah's Home Furnishings in that. Detroit Lakes Minnesota hmm. yeah he's got a couple stores Noah's up there. Home Furnishings yep that that's now cool. my brother runs so that's what I'm supposed to be doing but I'm hanging out with L A Nick instead <laughs> it's a lot of exactly. fun isn't it? it is so does anybody ever how many people walk in there and say you got any arcs does that come no up? really not that I wouldn't say um, but yeah plenty of uh, where I had a an old white lady audibly fart while making eye contact with me the other day. Perfect. People hate furniture salespeople. They don't even regard us as human. They do? Oh, my God. Wow. Well, they're worse than car salesmen. They act, yeah. I mean, they actually Thanks, did a Nick. study once, <laughs> and it was, we were, it was second behind used car Tevin, salespeople. you want to just, let's switch spots. <laughs> well, thank God you guys exist. No, they are, they are. They're second behind car salesmen. Thanks. And then they said, a, a, a lady, go, like, they'll often say, um, Oh, um, are you going to be waiting on me? Or you waited on me last time? I was like, I didn't go to two weeks of Slumberland University to be called a waiter. I'm a professional. You're a waiter. That's right. Attorney, attorneys, uh, furniture salesman, and then use used car salesman and furniture. But salesman. they hate us. I mean, they walk in. They act like I walked into their living room with some swatches and like, hey, what do you guys want? Now you know how oh. black people feel. Oh, well, oh, I knew that anyway, just on say. the basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm nope. sure that disc jockeys are really high on that chart, too, by the way. What about, yeah, what about drummers? Everybody hates drummers. Now they do. Everybody hates drummers. It's all true. Bass, a, no, bass player, everybody hates bass players. Is it only sure. me when I start talking that you have to talk over? <laughs> I don't, I don't hear you start. No, I don't hear you start. That's uh, the problem. You're a no, the, you're a disaster. You are wearing a swastika. I agree with Kate. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't start that rumor. We're at 708 I don't, I don't Second Street hate. North. That's right. Conveniently oh. located <laughs> next to Acme Comedy Club. We'll I'm be wearing, leaving in I'm about 15 minutes. I'm wearing an original 1981 Slayer shirt and it has an iron. You gonna come to my show Slayer? this week, Nick? Come on, you you can. I mean, maybe he should bring me up. 
Tevin, what do you think? I can't believe I just got kicked we out of the job. I didn't even know what I was doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got you already got fired, man. Right. What night what night what night's your show? Friday and Saturday. We had a great time when you were on my, on my show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, had a great time. Absolutely had a great time. I've had a fun time every time I've done stuff with you. Yeah. Except, you know, this one. <laughs> but the other ones, yeah. No. Yeah. So now, how often do you guys work together? I did your podcast, and I think you did a live show or something. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. 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 And then you said you're going to book you me at your new show. place. Yeah, we did a show. I think was it was it a House of Comedy? You, I thought no. Didn't you do a show at? Yeah, uh, oh, go. It was, it was, it was a, the, the Gong Show. The Gong Show. Yeah, yes. exactly. I did a Gong Show for two years. Yeah. Where? See, Tom doesn't know a lot about me. I, I just I just found out. I don't so know I anything went, about. I went to dinner with Mike the other night. Mike Bryant, an yeah, attorney, Mike another hated yeah. profession. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to, another I went, hated profession. Mike yeah. calls me, and asks me to dinner, so I go to dinner with him and. You know, you start just start talking about stuff, and he just finished my book, and he's asking me some questions, and uh, and uh, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, "I didn't know this about you." And he goes, "I wonder what Tom never told me about, about you." I'm like, "I don't think Tom knows anything about me." I said, "I'm not even sure why I'm I on know. Tom's show." <laughs> <laughs> I go, "I thought I always thought I was on Tom's show because of my book." And then the other day, I mentioned my book, and Tom goes, "You have a book." <laughs> I didn't know you had a book. I had no yeah, idea so you had a book. I did a comedy show for two straight years in downtown Minneapolis. It was one of the only ones in the city of Minneapolis. And, and where was it? It was at Tom Pham's Wondrous Kitchen. And I did it every oh, Sunday. Oh, yeah, okay. I know where I that was. I did it yeah. every Sunday night in the, in the Caterpillar Room. And it was the funnest show that I it think. It was a fun time? It was the funnest show I think ever was in Minneapolis for a comedy show. Because it, it had – everybody showed up. Like Fancy Ray would show up. And just people oh, – all, all the classics from Minneapolis would show up. And it was, you know, it was a free for all. And then Nick wrote me, Tom, probably four months ago, five months ago. He goes, "I'm going to be opening up a new restaurant downtown Minneapolis. I'm going to do a comedy show. Right. How would you like to do the comedy show?" I said, "Absolutely, I'd love to." What kind of dates do you think? And he said, oh, "I don't have any dates yet." <laughs> no, <laughs> like, well, well no, I got to take a vacation. Later. I need to take a vacation first. Oh, you got to go yeah. to Morocco. That's right. <laughs> oh my God, he's got to go to Morocco. I, I needed some rest, man. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I need some rest. What a life. I took a day of rest yesterday. Another one? (laughs) (laughs) How many days of rest do you take a week? Well, usually just one, but this week. God only took one. This week I decided I needed two days of rest. He's got a vacation coming up. You got to rest so you can be fresh. You got to rest to get on that vacation. Well, I had to go to the dentist, and I don't like going to the dentist, so I took a day of rest. Um, (laughs) Okay, so. I was trying to segue into talking about profession confession, and we got to, I bought out Facebook. There was no stock left. So I want to return to that for a second, because I want to ask Gabe and Tevin, you were talking earlier about a a cop. That story Mm -hmm. you were telling this morning uh, about the cop, and and we kind of got to the end of it, but it was a fascinating ending. Uh, If you could just do kind of briefly talk about it, and then get to the point, to the point when he walks by and sees the, yeah. the headline about him. Yeah. I wanted to ask you more questions about that, but the show was over. Yes. So I wanted to get that before this show was over. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, if we have time, I'll, I will run through it quick here. Um, I'd love to hear Okay, it. so yeah, basically, and this is one of my recent favorite episodes. Like, was that for you, Oh, too? yeah, this was yeah, probably up there as one of the best moments we've yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. Every now and then you have those ones where yep. you're like, holy crap. And... Uh, this one, basically, he's a hostage negotiator, but at this point, he was new cop. He was, like, three years in, and there was a pursuit or an APB for this one guy who had broke into his girlfriend's house and beat her up very badly to where they weren't sure if she was going to live, and 
he thought there was enough cops at the lady's house, so he just went and staked out um, 94 because they knew that the guy lived in Wisconsin, so he might try to run home. That's what they often do. So he did that, saw the car, starts to follow. They cross into Wisconsin. He was a new enough cop where he's just like, can I even do this or how far can we go? And then his radio went out. So he had radio problems, so he gets on his cell phone, and he's trying to get permission because he doesn't know what he can do, basically. And the guy um, who he's following learned he was following him and, like, put his arm out the window trying to, like, telling him the cop with his sirens on to follow him. So it was just odd behavior. And finally he's uh, on a dirt road in Wisconsin. He didn't know where he was, so he couldn't tell the office, you know, essentially. This guy's having him follow, so it's very weird. You know, you feel like you're going into a trap. They pull up to an old farmhouse with outbuildings and stuff, so he doesn't know if he's surrounded. And um, and the guy gets out of the car with two butcher knives and two beakers, and he pulled his gun on him, told him he was going to shoot. The guy runs into the house. He chases him into the house, and which he said as he's going into the house, he's like, I shouldn't be following this guy into the house. This is a horrible decision. And... Luckily, guessed the right side, and the guy had a old man with his butcher knife to his neck and holding oh, the two God. beakers. And he's going, like, why is this guy holding these two beakers? Like he said, it was conspicuous. You know, like there's something wrong here. And they're doing the chase around the table with his gun out where they're, he's trying to point it at his face. He was going to pull the trigger. He truly had decided in his head to pull the trigger. He had depressed the first part of the trigger, which... You know, when you do that, pointing at a human was very stressful. He'd never done that before. And right at the last moment, the guy just drops his knives and sets the beakers down and lays down. He arrests them. So it was uh, – and this cop was vindicated by the fact that his recorder was on. So he got actually awarded a Medal of Honor because apparently it looked, you know, like you should have shot him. Like, the, you know, the guy gave enough indications. Most cops would have pulled the trigger, but – he did the right thing. Yeah, and it turned out in in the beakers, the guy was a 3M chemist, and so theoretically, if he would have shot the guy, the beakers would have fallen, broken, and the mixture inside would have combusted. That was the, my, uh, the yeah. obvious yep. question. Is yeah. you know, I assume yep. it wasn't right. Mountain Dew. Right. So this guy got the first Medal of Honor in 50 years for Washington County, I believe it was. And wow. um, so I said, "Wow, you know, that must have felt great." Yeah, you know. And he said, "Well, yeah, I did for about." Uh, for about four months, but then I got a phone call that that guy he had put in jail broke up back out of or got back out of jail, went to that woman's house again, and killed her with a box cutter and then a knife, tortured her and executed her new boyfriend, with and tortured them had had sex toys like I mean awful like the worst of the worst. There were six children in the house oh, who luckily got out, but are orphans. You know I mean just. A crushing, crushing story, and the guy just—he said it hit him like a ton of bricks. Like I could have killed him, and 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 ended all of that. And so he was just devastated. Then he starts doing interviews with the newspaper, and you know, just talking about what happened. They're trying to make sense of it. And then he walks. Uh, there's a newsstand, and on the front page of our big local newspaper is his face, and it says, "Could this man have prevented two murders?" And oh. he said, "It's just yeah." I'm assuming this isn't in your stand-up routine. 
This is not in my stand-up routine. No. no. It's on the podcast. I'll come up with something. Yeah. It's on Profession Confession. And basically, he what has PTSD. Story. Yeah, like it, it wow. devastated him. He said it changed his brain chemistry instantly, he thinks. So, I bet yeah. you that it's true that it did change his brain chemistry. So is he okay now? That's what I wanted to ask you. So he he is living with the with the consequences of it. I I would say he, oh, he is God. okay as a guy. He was great to talk to. I've talked to him since. Really really like him. Smart guy. But um, yeah. no, it, he paid a heavy toll. Um, no wife now. You know, got a divorce. Mm-hmm. Just all kinds of stuff. And he got re-traumatized. They did things like um, uh, extreme home makeover came and. Gave those chill like two weeks later. Gave them a house, which is he's like it's great news. I want that to happen, but you live it over and right. over again. And uh, yeah, you know he yeah. just. But he had ton- oh man, I asked him the worst uh, for the show. You know we pride ourselves on asking the questions that are a little uncomfortable, but that a normal person would want to know. And just like asked about the worst death he's ever seen. He goes, oh Romeo and Juliet. By far, and I said, "Oh, high school kids." Yep, they were high school kids who did a Romeo and Juliet. But the uh, the kid, yeah, shot the girlfriend in the back of the head with a shotgun because they think she lost heart, and then did it to himself. And then the eerie thing is, he was on scene as information's coming in, and information started coming in where you knew that those kids had been telling people at school, giving away their possessions. And then all the fo- at a certain time, all the phones started to light up. And he said it was a dark, like there's a dark room, and their cell phones started lighting up like crazy. And it, they realized that they had told all their friends they were going to do it at like a certain time. And all the they yeah, start they're calling. all trying to text them and call them and like, yeah. hey, don't do this. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just brutal. Profession stuff. confession, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Professionconfession.com. We're on Podbean, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the whole nine. We do have fun, I like it. laughy ones, too. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I hope so. That'd be good. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant walls automotive group walls.com and doug sprinthal Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking, so when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle, It is, and it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. 
Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right, be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. You know, I just thought of something. Chris Catan with his ladies and gentlemen. New Hope Cinema Grill. What we're talking about Bobby Slayton, and he was at the New Hope Cinema Grill when that woman got upset on the first date. It was wonderful to watch. Was it wonderful to watch? It really was, Bob. <laughs> what, what was it? Uh, well, you can't say what upset. Well, her, he was I going guess. after women, and you know, you know how Bobby always does. Sure, it. he does his deal, and she was very offended because I he wasn't so. sensitive or something. Right, but just that one woman was. Uh, actually, she, yeah, she's the only one got upset, but the guy in front of me, right, like. I don't know why he did this, mm-hmm. but as Bobby went along, and I've known Bobby for 30 years. He's a good friend. Just, I, I love going to see him. Yeah. But the guy in front of me, like, uh, Bobby would tell a joke, and then right after he's done the, the, with the joke, the guy in front of me would go, two guys walk into a bar, and one of them, he would repeat the joke. <laughs> oh, he did? Like, oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Every joke, he would repeat it. Like, well, hmm. don't do that. Please right. don't repeat the joke. That's there. not that's antagonizing. It is antagonizing. It's a great room you're playing. Well, you've been there before. It is. Yes, I, I it, do love it. It is yeah. a great room. The, the name of the place always confused me though. Cinema <laughs> Grill, Cinema Bar and Grill, Cinema Hope. What New is Hope it? Cinema. New, yeah, Hope New Hope Cinema Hope. Grill. Yeah. The Bar with Hope. That's what the Bar with Hope. <laughs> the bar but you know, because it's a hope. movie, it's a theater, and a place yeah. to do stand up. Yeah, and it's a restaurant. Right? And it's a restaurant. And you got everything. Stra- a yeah. lot of things, a lot of activities to do. Yep. Ron Jeremy films playing. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Bobby. You're telling jokes. He's got his I'm dick hanging jokes. out. You know? Yeah, and I and I tend to repeat my jokes as well. So just, always, just okay, in case. So here's the punchline again. <laughs> yeah, in case. For those women who didn't listen because you were covering your ears for whatever reason. You don't get a lot of that, I would imagine. No, I don't. Crowds, you? Women, I, I think, think, interestingly enough, and I, and I guess I'm happy about that, that Women seem to uh, come more to my shows than males. I think I'm more because well, you're such a handsome devil. That's clearly a reason. Clearly, um, <laughs> they, uh, but no, I think uh, they do. I, maybe because I'm not a macho basketball. You know, I'm not like a. Uh, I have football jokes and yeah, things no, like no, that. No, I understand that, that. doesn't make sense, but <laughs> no, you know it I'm does saying. to me. I know exactly what you know, you're talking about. So, uh, so women tend to bring their male friends or boyfriends. I think boyfriends. So I yeah, don't I think women, women don't get offended. By my humor, no, he, and I, I do have sexual jokes too. Do you, you don't? Do you do any of the characters you used to do? I do. Like yes, I mean I don't dress Good. up. I'm not going to dress up as Mango. And, no, I can you know, see like, hello everybody. Yeah, I'll do the voice, but I'm not going to put on the shorts. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want you to do the joke, and you're not going to put the shorts. <laughs> no, not the Mango shorts. I, I wouldn't. That would be offensive that. to the men. To, to the men. Yeah, in the audience. I I could see that. Yes, absolutely. But I just. Those characters, I told you this morning on the KQ Morning Show, I just love those characters. Uh, every one of your characters, well, thank you. because I said, this is a true yes. story. You tell, you tell jokes well, but you also have this physical element that's not overdone. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys, when they get, or women, when they try to get physical in their act, they, they way overdo it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of takes away, but yours is kind of like, that's how that guy would really move. Yeah, I, I um, well, like I told you earlier this morning that I was uh, in, I trained at the Groundlings, the improv uh, yeah. comedy troupe, and they, 
they're really good about uh, you know teaching you how to observe and 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 really observe humanity and human characteristics and idiosyncrasies and all those things. So I I think a lot of my characters, um, like most of the more popular characters, I think uh, on SNL were were human based. You know, yeah. even though mine do tend to be a little. Uh, out there, you know. I mean, Mr. Peepers, even though it's That's a crazy it's monkey character or whatever, <laughs> there is some humanity to it. Right. I mean, there is some, you know, but uh, in Mango, you know, too, and even the Roxbury guys, you know, there's some tragedy there for sure. You know, they can't get a dance. Nobody okay. wants to dance with Nobody them. Nobody wants to dance with <laughs> so them. Yeah. You just taught me something about myself that I didn't even realize until you said this because the only. And, and I felt really weird about it, and I kind of felt bad about it. Yeah. But I would go to people, like, in the very early days of yeah. Saturday Night Live and go, why do you think that bee thing is funny? Why do you think the coneheads oh, are funny? Right, right. Because that, to me, is not funny in the least. Right. I just like the... Like, Mango sure. is a real guy somewhere. Yes, it is a, a frustrated stripper. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's why I think it's so wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. I, well, I, I do like to... Um, it's easier for me to play, you know, and just, um, I mean, I always did theater as a child, and I wanted to be an actor before a comedian, you know, and I, I watched uh, great movies, you know, a lot of Scorsese and Coppola, and Brand I was brought up watching Brando and, you know, that oh, kind yeah. of stuff, so I really, actor. not a bad actor at all, but, you know, and I, I really, um, I really got into, uh, I just know, you know, humanity and, and, and things that you could relate to. Watching an actor are the things that people like the most, you know, and I think, um, you know, like Molly or Will or, you know, there's mm -hmm. some, uh, you know, great performers on the show or, you know, had, um, per, per, you know, humanity behind their characters. And that's what makes them watchable. You know, Maya Rudolph, I another one, a lot of people, you know, yep, I absolutely love people. that because they're people and they're kind of like, you know, there's somebody like them really yeah. out there. somewhere, right. And that's why it's so damn funny. Yeah. To me. They need to be you grounded. Know? I think characters need to be grounded. I think that's what makes them yep, I agree. stronger. And I think uh, nobody would be offended by any of your mango or any of that. I wouldn't think. I don't think so. I, there was a character I did the might be a little offensive now, was my interpretation of Antonio Banderas on the How Do You Say <laughs> no, see, IS show. It's funny. It was funny, yes. It was but, really but funny. But he was sexist on the show. He, yeah. he isn't sexist as a person. Right. But on right. the show, he would have a guest. And he'd like talk about their breasts, basically. <laughs> like he had Jennifer. Well, I was going to do that on. to you, uh, but yeah, well, you know, no, you been, can talk. You've been really tightened up your. You I, I, my pecs are different. <laughs> pecs naturally are different. There you go. But like for, I guess I could say it on air. Well, it was on television. Yeah, but yeah. for Jennifer uh, Love Hewitt was on, and she was, you know, and and she has breasts. And uh, I, <laughs> while she was speaking, <laughs> while she was speaking, although in the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary, they did show the clip. So five years ago, it was okay. Yeah. Um, but I did say, uh, wait a minute here. Wait, your breasts, what are their names? <laughs> and, no, and then she, and then, breasts, yeah, I said, okay. what are their names? And she goes, what are you talking about? So I go, shh, they're sleeping. <laughs> Don't wake them. Don't wake them. They are like two friendly, boobly things. I mean, whatever. But that might be offensive now. 
But I don't think so because it, I like my brother-in-law. So. My brother-in-law, Pat O'Brien, was his name. He's no longer with us, unfortunately. Right. But yeah, uh, Pat O'Brien, but he was Puerto Rican. So you figure that out. Pat That's O'Brien. That's offensive. <laughs> Can I be a Puerto Rican yeah. whose no. name is Pat O'Brien? Exactly. <laughs> I'm Irish Puerto Rican. I'm Irish Puerto Rican. That's racist. Exactly. Clearly. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. But I, I got to tell you, honest to God, being around right. some of his friends and relatives, that's kind of... The generation before us, mm-hmm. that's kind of how they talked. Yeah, yeah. They just did. Right. It is, uh, it is a very... Uh, it's not a difficult time. We just have to be careful. Um, for me, though, I've never really leaned towards politics and uh, yeah, you, offensive right, humor. Right. I, I just lean toward character, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and and what what I can apply myself to and my my defaults, you know, and what I'm insecure about, and then put that and apply that to my character. But that's so why it's a it's safe so zone because you well, know what you. it that's, feels like. Yeah. That's why it's so funny because you act. That's how you actually feel. Right. You bring that out. It's like, yeah, it's not yeah. phony at all. It's right. there. And and I think that's why um, a lot of my characters. It may have been the same joke, but it was enjoyable to watch because it is it, it is mm-hmm. it's human. You know, there, it, my feelings are involved in my performance. That's how so. it should be. But look, my mother was funny as hell, but she didn't know it. Right. She didn't mean to be funny. Sure. She just was. was yeah. Like some of the stuff she would say, like, you really meant that? Yeah. My yeah. mom is the same way. She, she had a dark sense of humor. <laughs> she would say things that get a rise out of people, you know. Oh, I like that. Yeah. No, she was, she she tough? was very funny. She, tough as a mother? Yeah. Um, No. I mean, she threw a frying pan at me once because I was <laughs> late coming home. No, she was <laughs> yeah. She was fine. She's only she was only five stuff. foot tall though. Too, oh really? So, yeah, because I'm well, I'm five seven, but you know yeah. she's she's a short woman, and um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think she was very loving. Um, but she, she I, I guess she could be tough, you know. She, she wanted to teach me about common sense, and for those as a child, you know, when you're a child and you don't know about common sense and you need to be taught that, that could be tough. You know, but this, I know about it now. This would be funny to what, uh, to somebody observing it. Sure. When I was 16 years old, I decided I didn't want to get up and go to school. Right? right. So my mother's off. She's a waitress, a diner waitress her whole life. Right. Mm-hmm. So she goes, Tommy, you got to get up and go to school. I said, I'm not going to school. Right. About two minutes later, here she comes and she's crying. Mm-hmm. And she has a suitcase. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're going to have oh, to move out. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> All right, exactly. How phenomenal is that? That's great. I mean, that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm really, really heartbroken, you, but you got to move out. Right. You're not going to listen to me. Get the hell out. Right. <laughs> well, you laugh about it now. You probably did it at the time. Oh, though. I said. You, you know, laugh at the like, time? Yeah, 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 exactly. You Once I figured it out. You probably <laughs> thought it was she was being serious at oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Right? But yeah. then I realized. Maybe she was. Actually. Yeah, maybe. You she know, probably was serious. Come to think of it, you might have right. been being serious, and I just misinterpreted it. Yeah. I don't know, I, but I love. Do you think you have to grow up around someone like your mother or my mother in order to kind of understand what it is all about anyway? Uh, you know, yeah. Humor, what do you life? mean? It? Oh yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think. Yeah. Well, I was fortunate. I had a dad that was in showbiz, a character actor. My mom was a model who did not like showbiz, and um, and uh, my stepdad, who was I told you before, was a Zen monk. So mm-hmm. I had a great, wonderful variety of uh, things to be. Uh, for me to follow and be uh, inspired by and also to be uh, pushed away. Things that I didn't want to listen to. Yeah. You know, so it was a good, you know, uh, a good, uh, it was a good pattern, a good way to grow up 
you know, my, my dad inspired me very much, but he didn't father me very well. So I didn't like my mother because she had to be the policewoman. Yeah. And then later as I grew up, you know, um, I found out my father was, you know, more my, my, my mother was actually funnier than my father, even though they were in separate <coughs> businesses, you know, right. and um you know, so I, I, I uh, whatever. Yes, it did. It shaped me for from who for who I am for sure. So, did your Definitely. mother tell your father to shut up a lot? Uh, I think to well, she divorced him when he, I was you know in the one two year marriage. So, I guess that's a way of saying shut up. <laughs> the reason I asked you that question, yeah, is because you go well from you. I'm going to yeah. a Zen monk. Right. She she left <laughs> my dad talked. for a Zen monk. See, so. there you go. Yeah, exactly. You need to shut up, or I'm going to a yeah. guy that never talks. Because I'm going to go to a guy who was always shutting up. <laughs> you know that's great humor right, right there. Yeah, that's it wonderful. Is. You're right. It's great it stuff. Is, it is humor. I have to. That is the kind of humor I have to write. Marry actually. a guy who shuts up. That's phenomenal. You're right. I'm going to take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes more with Chris Catan. He's at New Hope Cinema Grill tonight and tomorrow night. Two shows. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, a lot of people have heard us talk about community banking over the years. We've been doing these commercials. What makes working with a community bank so different for your customers? Our business banking customers honor us by sharing how we're able to help them on any new project, how we're able to quickly get them the funding they need when others in town can't do it. We do it by taking the time to get to know our customers and the challenges they face. When your business banks with us, you are not just another account number. One thing I've always admired about North American Banking Company is how your team treats not only me, but my friends and family that bank with you so respectfully. Tommy, thanks for making me look good, like my team does. As you know, I have a face for radio. We yes, take you do. <laughs> we take pride in doing the right thing for all our customers and the communities we work and live. That's what we mean about being a community bank. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Outside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fish and ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. There it is. That's not my phone ring, by the way. <laughs> Never will be. Well, I'm sorry. You cannot be in a room with Chris Kattan and not I know. Well, there, that I is guess true. it's flattering. It is. Oh, absolutely. I do own it. it. I did not own it for a while. JB's yeah. doing your head bob. Oh, he's head bobbing. <laughs> you know. I still do that in the car. Yeah. When you I'm do? Driving. Yes. Well, it'll happen. At least that's like that in the Wayne's World Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. Yeah. you know, or yep. two big ones. When you hear this, you think Night of the Roxbury, right? And yeah. I love that movie. I <clears throat> just, yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, oh, I understand. Thank you for like. <laughs> I know that uh, you know Will and I 
weren't the fondest of it, but we, <laughs> because, you know, we're in it, we're like, oh, why didn't they use yeah. that take or this take? Yeah, but, um, right. but, you know, people do seem, I think, uh, it's films, comedies as they, you know, as, as we get older, that the comedies used to be kind of better, I think, you know, with the exception mm-hmm. of people like Seth Rogen and Steve Carell and comedies and stuff and mm-hmm. Judd Apatow, but, you know, I think... Um, John Hughes and all those great comedies, uh, you know, like Planes, Trains, and uh, Steve Martin. There's so many great, you know, Carl Reiner directed films. You know, mm-hmm. they're so silly and fun, and and uh, and Ninth of Roxbury is a silly, fun yeah. movie. Even Corky Romano is ridiculous, but it's silly. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, there's less of that now. So people like you say it's it's really I really <coughs> like it. You know, I'm a fan of it because mm-hmm. of that. I think there's a lot less of that nowadays. Yeah, you can't go silly you know? without also going stoner. That's, I feel like. I guess, yeah. and more people get stoned now. So. Pretty much. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm in luck. I'm in a lot of luck. If they made Night at the Roxbury today, right. then all three characters would be high the entire movie. Probably. And they would be constantly making references to weed. Yeah. But Which, the basic I mean, like, elements called... of it still hold up. People right. are still trying to get laid. They're still going to clubs. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. Right. So yeah. Roxbury can play 20 yeah. years from now yeah. and people still get it. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, <laughs> the, that, that outfit's become... Popular again too. <laughs> There's a. I'm gonna get one. Yeah, on my Instagram, Chris Catan official, I posted a picture of the latest Spider-Man Two uh, premiere and Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, the gentleman who plays Spider-Man mm-hmm. wore Roxbury outfits to the premiere. Oh, they did. Yeah, they did. One That's in blue awesome. and one in red with the oh, chains god. and the black shirts. Oh god. Yeah. It's Tom. What was it? Tom. Tom Holland. Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. There you go. That's yeah, exactly Tom Holland. So uh, that was uh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Them. Yeah. Getting the Marvel tip of the cap. Yeah. I swear to God, I'll leave it alone after this. Sure. But I just I I thought it was brilliant comedy. What was the headline again on Mango getting shot? That headline oh. in the newspaper was phenomenal. Mango getting shot. Oh, uh, I don't remember what it was. You don't remember? Mango shot. Remember when Mango. Mango, Buckwheat got shot. Mango did get. Mango got hurt. (laughs) Mango was shot at. I don't know if he got. He wasn't hurt. I mean, he wasn't killed. He got. He got. He was shot at though. (laughs) Oh, I thought he got shot because because I thought he was shot at. Oh, there he was shot at. He was shot at. I don't think there was. I don't but remember. didn't the headline? Okay, we can edit this out if you want. No, that's okay. That's okay. Because I don't want to hang it on you. But I thought Mango. Wonder if I dreamed this because I like the character. Oh, Maybe you dreamt that Mango was shot. That Mango That's shot. a nice one. No, it was it was the headline. <laughs> All in the I want for Mango is to get shot. That's uh, <laughs> I do believe the headline in the paper. And honestly, God, right. don't get mad at me. Sure. It's not you know homophobic or anything. Sure, right. no, of course. But the not. headline in the paper was Mango takes it in the butt. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I think you're right. <laughs> Am I wrong? I think you're right. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And one thank you for thank you for remembering that. <laughs> Because it was funny. Yeah, it is funny. And it's just that, you know, look, you can read it any way you want or whatever. Sure. It's not offensive in the right. least. Yeah, Mango was asexual. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's when you get shot in the ass. Both <laughs> men and women <laughs> fell in love with him. Right. Garth men, Brooks fell funny. in love with him. Ellen fell in love with him. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, one of the great characters of all well, time. Sorry, I'll let it go. No, I, I enjoy this. My husband's Good. like... Tell him I want to touch the mango. I'm like, I don't think I'll ever say that ever again in my life. Put up with it all the time. (laughs) I don't know. It's cool as hell. How many movies have you done now? Oh, I have no idea. I haven't counted. Maybe 20, 25 or something. Isn't that wonderful? I think so. Did it? (laughs) I think it's wonderful. I think so. It is is wonderful. But I have a uh, a lot of cool projects coming up, too, which is nice. 
So, um, well, you've been in so many yeah, great things. Thank you. you really I appreciate have. that. Oh, the middle is it's still one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, people love that. Patricia Heaton is, uh, she's quite, she's shows. the one that wanted me to write a book, the Baby Don't Hurt Me book. I think I told you <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah. Maybe I didn't tell you that. <laughs> she's the one that encouraged me to write that book. <clears throat> yep, absolutely. Yeah. I love her, man, and she's a talent. She's great. She oh, yeah. I had the biggest crush on her. Well, she, she was is rather Raymond. attractive, yeah. She is. She's cute. Got a great sense of humor. I've interviewed her about 20 times. Oh, have you? She's yeah. phenomenal. She's from... Great uh, interview. She's from Cincinnati, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think that's right. She's from Cincinnati. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. But that that show, you on that show also, when you were like, like was it a new Bob. or used car salesman? What kind I was of, a used... Was used, a used car cars? salesman, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Used Bob. car salesman. Yeah, I had a great time phenomenal. on that show. What a great career, man. And you were Thank started you. when you were, what, 19, you said? Yeah, I started when I was 19 because um, I wanted to get in the, I wanted to be on SNL. So I started, to, uh, I joined the Groundlings, and uh, mm-hmm. that's where I trained and learned everything I, I can, you know, about writing and stuff, you know, and performing. That's a tough place. I think it's tougher to be in the Groundlings or make it in the Groundlings than it is to be on SNL. Oh, God. In Los yeah, I would have been, that's probably true. In the, it's really, really hard. Because once you've made it on NSL, you, uh, NSL, then you SNL, have the, right. you've already made it. You've made but it. if you're in the Groundlings, you haven't made it yet, so you better get off your ass and be really good. Yeah, yeah. and you have, you're, you're critiqued every weekend, yep. pretty much, and you could always not, you could lose your space, you know, if you're not funny. Isn't it depressing, though, working with some people who j- try to join the troupe and it just doesn't work and it gets really depressing? Yes, because you put <laughs> oh, in that's... so much yeah. of your life uh, because it's um, it's a training ground, you know? It's uh, If you don't, it's like not getting into that college. Although there's other, But there's, there is UCB, there's Second City, but yeah. still, there's something about putting so much... And you pay for the classes, too. You put a lot of money in there. There's a waiting list for every level. There's basic, intermediate, advanced, and lab, and, and, and uh, you, there's a waiting list for years. And, um, you know, if you get into the Sunday show, then you may not... You have to be in the Sunday show for a year and a half, and each six yeah. months you're, you know, critiqued and reviewed by the board. And uh, you may make it all the way up being two years in Sunday show and putting four or five years of your life into the classes, and then you're, like, about to make it into the main company, and then you find out you didn't don't, didn't make it. Oh. I mean, that happens all oh, the yeah, time. All in fact, the time, that, yeah. that does... It's more that's going to happen more often than make it into the grounds because there's only one or two spaces in the main company. So in general, that. what do people do when that happens to them? Do they are there other places to go? Well, you're encouraged to keep your day job, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, you get back over to Burger happens, King. Yeah, <laughs> but a lot of people like say, uh, and I don't want to list people that were at that place and didn't make it but I guess it's okay to see someone like Conan O'Brien he was in there and he didn't make it into the main company but he was a fantastic writer mm-hmm. and he went on to SNL to write and then became you know a talk, great talk show host so people do being just being in uh, the machine of the Growlings before you're in yeah. the main company you clearly already have a hell of a lot of talent and gift mm-hmm. so you can probably already be working uh, some sort. There's a great deal of people that were about to make it into the Sunday show, like uh, Jimmy Fallon, and then he made it onto SNL too mm-hmm. before, previously to that, and they just get nabbed very quickly. So um, usually people that are just involved already already have a talent and somehow end yeah, up in show business that. somehow. I mean, this is, you know? I, I think for younger people that are listening, this would be very, very helpful to them because it, yeah. I got to believe in your position at 19 or 18 years sure. old before it even, you had to be terrified, I would right. think. I was, but I, uh, it, my, um, 
I was I was a you know I was one of the uh, a loner an underdog you know I didn't socialize much I wasn't like I was the last one to get picked on a sports team you know and uh, I was awkward with girls I was romantic I made mixtapes but girls were like whatever you know <laughs> yeah, I, I made my yeah, mixtapes no. were like doo-wop music so they were like what is this yeah, it was good right Absolutely. the girl I'm currently dating loves doo-wop which I can't that was a I'm thing. probably going to marry this woman. Boys would make you mixtapes. Yeah. Mixtapes, um, yeah. Yeah, right? But um, so I, um, and my mom and stepdad, they relocated uh, from Mount Baldy in California up to Seattle, Washington, a place called Bainbridge Island, Washington. And uh, they moved up there right in the middle of freshman year for me, in the middle of there. So I knew nobody at school. In high school? In high school, yeah. Oh, so that's a tough Everyone that home, knew man. each other from junior high into high school, right. they were like, happy to see each other. I knew nobody. It was very <clears throat> difficult for me. And there was a pep assembly. You know a pep assembly, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked uh, the principal if I could perform there, you know. I already had under my belt. I could do a Rod Serling impression. Ooh, there you go. You know, like I love Rod Serling. You know, like uh, you're running another dimension. I can't do the sound so well, but I used to put my upper lip up, you know, and stick okay, it up yeah. there like that. <laughs> and I looked like Rod Serling. I had cigarette like that. And uh, so that made adults laugh when I was at adult parties when my parents brought me somewhere. And um, so I did that impression. And I and I could do a Pee Wee Herman impression because at the Growlings. When my dad was one of the founders, I go watch mm -hmm. Pee Wee. Paul Rubens developed that character, and I was a big fan of Pee Wee before he even performed at the Roxy Theater. Right. And um, so for the pep assembly, I did Pee Wee Herman for, you know, for all the students. And I uh, threw Twisty Rolls in the audience, and it was a big hit. Mm -hmm. And that was my in. And that was my way of finding out that's my thing. That's my gift. It gave me uh, senior... The senior class, like the little guy with the big balls, they called me. There you, well, and, there you uh, go. Yeah, which is another porn term. I <laughs> thank you for have. that. Yeah, but um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's about balls or porn. <laughs> it really, I, I wish it was because that'd be great for me. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's in. But um, so that was my in. That was my finding out. And, uh, you know, I guess. I guess if you're saying for those out there, I would encourage those who do find their gift early on, you know, to focus on that because that's what's going to separate you from other people and, you know, well, you know, that gift you have or that interest you have at least, you know. One of the great things in life I learned, because, I, again, I grew up in the inner cities, very dangerous high school I went to. Right. Uh, but I got very – so I, what I did learn is making people laugh did two things. They made them like you, mm -hmm. but it also made them keep their distance from you. Right. You protect yourself by making them laugh, right? Right, yes. There's yeah. one guy in school, Ralph. He's, mm -hmm. I'm 16 years old. He's uh, 17. Ralph mm -hmm. is 6'2 or 3, weighs probably about 250. Right. He had a voice like this, right? He comes over and goes, sure. hey, Tommy, i tell you something, man. <laughs> say, you're funny as hell, man, but don't ever make fun of me. Like, you got it, pal. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I won't be doing that, Ralph. Right. I won't be making fun of you. Yeah. Uh, no, I. It, it is an amazing it uh, is. tool and gift. I think it really breaks the silence. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it would help in peace talks, probably. Who knows? Wouldn't it be great you walk in, yeah. and, you know, Erdogan? Hey, nice shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll take yeah. a break. Be right back more with Chris and Tan right after this. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate. 
Saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Tom Bernard here with my friend John Schwartz, co-owner of AAA Movers, a family-owned part of the Metro since 1964. John, first off, when it comes to moving, not all companies are created equal. What are some of the scary stories you hear about other guys? Tommy, if you hire Chuck in a truck, you unfortunately are going to get Chuck service. AAA Movers makes it our mission to guarantee satisfaction with every step of what can often be a stressful time in your life, moving. We move ten to 12,000 families every year, so from your price quote to the professional, respectful way we handle your life's possessions, we'll make your move easy. I like easy. By the way, this month, if you mention Tom Bernard or KQ, you'll get a free moving box kit with every move, and you'll save 50 bucks off with junk removal with junk luggers. Your move is always triple guaranteed with AAA Movers. That's their price guarantee, safety guarantee, and satisfaction guarantee. Call 612-588-MOVE or online at aaamovers.com. AAA Movers, you may not move every day, but they do. Is that your, it's the weekend in 12 minutes, song? No. It's Now. Who are you, PJ Fleck? Now you chew your gum with your mouth open. <laughs> that's that's hot. <laughs> that's hot. Yeah, it's very hot that so you chew hot. with your mouth open. No, no, you were going to tell us a story. Oh, uh, yes. Well, you you brought up um, that how uh, humor is uh, keeps people at a distance, <clears throat> you know. And your, your friend said, "Don't make fun of me, whatever you do." Yeah. And uh, I was uh, just saying that I um, uh, years ago I was uh, a friend of mine. Uh, uh, invited me and my girlfriend at the time to stay with him in this his guest house in in Malibu for the weekend, and um, he said that also uh, Matthew McConaughey shares this house as well, and he said but he's out of out of town, and then he uh, out of nowhere Matthew said I'm going to show up uh, I, I like to come out to the house this weekend so he's like he told me he said okay Matthew's coming we need to put you in this other room if that's okay, and this was actually the weekend that he met his wife he was kind of. Wooing her, oh, or, you okay. know, uh, you're not wooing her, but you know, it's it was the beginning, and uh, he also made uh, margaritas for us, but it took him like two hours to make one drink. He was so slow. <laughs> he's like, squeeze, I'm squeezing lemons. Here I go, you know, yeah, lime, one lime after the other. All right, all right. It took so long, and he did it shirtless, of course. Yeah, of, of course, course. Of course. Yes, yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> he made sure to show that. Yeah, oh, a lot of dear. neck muscles. And sure. So um, anyway, so but at one point, you know, uh, Matthew being, you know, himself and wanting to be relaxed, he's back at his place. You know, uh, at night we, uh, you know, we smoked a little bit, and uh, and he wanted to play his bongos. He plays bongos, and uh, so he. Naturally, <laughs> nice. Chris just looked at me so like he plays bongos. I have massive theater of the mind right now. You know. <laughs> 
But, okay, he's a sweetheart, a fantastic actor. In fact, I'll just say this because I told him once, the movie Mud is a wonderful movie. You should oh, see yeah, that. Mud, oh, yeah, Mud, yeah. And he loved, movie. he says that's his favorite movie he's ever done. So before I make fun of him right now, I wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not poking fun. But anyway, so I, I was, I kind of snickered, or I didn't snicker, I smirked for my girlfriend. I said, you know, oh, he's playing the, the bongos. And he did it. It wasn't, he was a good player, but he's very passionate about it. He was taking it in. You know, it's, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know how difficult it is to play the bongos. Yeah, yeah. But he he was very passionate about it. And okay. I don't know if it was a song he was playing. I didn't know what was. He wasn't really. Something. It was more like he was calling out mating. Like, oh. <laughs> you know. He was involved. But the point is that he was vulnerable. I respected that. And I did. I was. This is fantastic. I, I, you know, but at one point, the, uh, the the gentleman that invited me over said, like, whatever you do, do not make fun of Matthew. <laughs> do not make fun of him. Oh, because he hard. didn't want his feelings hurt because he was a place of vulnerability. Oh. So that goes back to your place of um, yeah. your friend saying, don't make fun of me. Because mm. it, it's, you know, humor, um, you know. There's a fine line, too, of making fun of someone. And, and I, don't, I don't know. That That is a weird thing. People like to be... Some people like being made fun of. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I love it. Well, that's probably that's because the, you're you're a stronger man. Yeah. I think in the sense yeah, of uh, uh, you you have a stronger you have more confidence. Yeah, that's probably, probably what yeah, it's probably is. true. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's probably why people like get roasted, like someone like Alec Baldwin, who has confidence. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, can take those jokes. You know, really weird I think, for I think me, that's though. what it is. But if you're a very insecure person, no, God, no, they don't you know. like that at all. But you don't know that, like in a relationship. Right. Like right. I was telling you, I'm in this new relationship. We're finding out about each other. They're, if the person gets defensive, then that per- probably that person is a little insecure, and I have to be careful. People you know. do not understand, and and really, the TV stations and and the newspapers really did not understand me. I've been on the morning show now for 34 years, right? And at first, they did. People that know me will tell you that if I'm very nice to you, like the third time that I meet you, and mm-hmm. go, oh, Chris, great to see you again. That's really right. Nice. That whole it means I don't like you. If I don't rip you or make fun of you, it means I don't like you because I don't trust you. Uh huh. You know that's what, I mean? what they would say. That's what I feel. Oh, that's what you feel. I okay, literally do. It. If I can't make fun of you, I don't really want you around me because you're not my kind of guy. So if you you like someone, if you make fun of them, oh god, yeah. That's how I I would. That's how I feel. Absolutely, because you're comfortable. You're mm-hmm. very comfortable, and yep. naturally you'd make fun of people. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because <laughs> you naturally don't like anyone. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm jo- I was joking. I'm <laughs> but yeah, you, that's that's no, your that's it. Yeah. you know. And my mom has always said like I'm funnier when I don't think about it. Yeah, and when I don't think about it, I'm usually naturally making fun of somebody. You know, like Ron is. Uh, you've been driving you me around. I've yeah. made fun of you a little oh, bit. He takes a shot. Yeah, exactly. I take a so, shot. And you're fine, fine with it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm good with it. it. Looks like he's doing yeah, exactly. really well. He's doing really Very well. Rod's doing really yeah, well right. with it all. All it's a wonderful but, thing. Um, <laughs> Did that come from the family thing too? Did, you, did your family do that? The reason I ask you that is when I was four years old playing Monopoly with my grandmother. Right. Loved my grandmother. She rolls the dice. One of them falls on the floor, and she goes, "Tommy, would you pick up that dice?" And I said, "It's a die, Grandma." And she said, "Yeah, why don't you?" <laughs> right. Right. And I'm four years old. Right. 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 It's like really? Yeah. Well, no, wonder i go yeah well screw you right you right know? yeah uh, i loved it i laughed i thought it yeah. was hilarious at four years old and i still do yeah. 
Yeah, it's also too the other key too is like it's it's okay to make fun of people as long as you're not negative too, you know. And no, I, I knew right, right. You know, and you're not a negative person. You've been very kind to me. You haven't no, been crit- critical. You may talk about me behind my back when I leave. You know that uh, once you leave, you know. <laughs> right? Exactly. But that's the key too. Yeah, I'm I, not a much talk behind people's yeah. back kind of guy. That's no. not me at all. But but yeah, it's like especially this day and age, it's really important to be positive and because yep. it's yep. easy. I think especially for comedians, too, to complain and bitch and stuff and uh, forget about being it grateful, happens. you know? It and when does you're grateful, happen, absolutely. Good things happen, and you're allowed to be... You, you're allowed to make fun of people, I think. I think being mean is punching down, too. Yeah. Being mean, yeah. yeah it's, no, it's I easy to that. take a yeah. mean That route. was the other thing, too. Uh, mean humor was never my thing. Right. And no. uh, I won't no. name names on SNL, but... There were people that said mean things on Weekend Update or, you know, would say things yeah. that were very mean, you know, for the sake of it being funny. And it kind of, it, it was not my thing. You I don't know? think Dennis knew he was being mean, though. To Dennis? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm talking about the Eddie Murphy comment. And also, uh, the other, oh, I can't name names. But, you know. Like, <laughs> well, David Spade took those shots at yeah. Eddie Murphy. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know. and those but everything's right. okay now. You know, right. Everything's fun. Yeah, but those were just mean for right. the sake of the joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I, I should bring up, I'm very excited about Eddie Murphy's comeback. He's my... Yeah, uh, no, I understand. Yes. He's I my understand. absolute favorite. He's the reason why I want to get on SNL. That guy, Yeah. he's like, to me, I mean, Steve Martin, Bill Murray, of course, and sure. Peter Sellers, and Bob Hope, and Chaplin, and Keaton, obviously. But I'm such a huge fan of those types of performers because they're like, if you ever watch seen Amadeus, you know, about Mozart, mm-hmm. I really do think there's channeling going on. It's almost Thomas like, hmm? yeah. Uh, no, Holt. I mean like the actual Mozart. Oh, the actual, oh, yeah. You I know, Salieri's like, this yeah, yeah, boy, yeah, yeah. God chose this boy to go through to speak to people. You know, I do think that was is happening to some comedians. Like, that's what makes them great. Like the yeah. Steve Martin and the... The Bill Murray's like they—they don't even think about being funny. They just are. Absolutely true. And that's what uh, those are the people to really follow. I think today there's a lot of very successful comedians, and they're very funny. But it's not those aren't uh, there's a, there's a lack of that. You know, I don't think there's mm-hmm. that many of those around. Well, there are there are some like Steve Carell is, is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think you know, and there there's some brilliance. But there's a lot of people that I don't. I think are just filling the slots. You know. Yeah, I can see that. Do you think there'll ever be anybody, uh, probably like not a black again. comedian, do you think there'll ever be another Richard Pryor ever? I mean, I, I don't know is with, what he is, but he's not Chappelle Richard Pryor. Is, he is, he was on his show. <clears throat> yeah. You know, yeah. because he was allowed to do whatever that he was wants. That very funny show. Yeah. And his specials are great now, but he has to acknowledge <laughs> things. It's, it's very tricky because the people that were like fearless have to be cautious. Yeah, and that's that's strange, you know. Yeah, it is. It, it, but we need, right. and we're he- hopefully we're not headed towards Marxism. But you know, I don't know. <laughs> kind of feels like it though, doesn't it? Kind it? of feels yeah. like it. It really does, which is unfortunate. You know, and I, I and, and somehow I don't know if it's. I'd like to be that person. I don't know if it worked that way, but maybe I'll channel my Kaufman esque part of me. I don't know, but somebody needs to break that wall, and it's gonna maybe cost them in a way, but it'll also. Open it, open it up again for comedians. And, so and it's when incumbent that happens, upon you to do it. I, I don't know. I've decided. Well, I kind of feel that he did that with sticks and stones. Right. Mm-hmm. He yes. said, "Screw you, people." He did, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but look at the. But I thought it was great. 
right. and uh, you yeah, know, I did too. Yeah. and um, but you know, I think some people had different reactions. Uh, the critics, I don't think, liked it. I think his fans did loved they it. Like anything anymore. <laughs> what a shock! He's <laughs> successful. I hate him. That's what that's all yeah. about. So I guess that is fearlessness because yeah. nobody's listening to the critics now, unless Good. You're, unless you're a movie, I think. Or yeah, even at that. Movie. I mean, yeah. these critics now, yeah. they, they blast a movie, and then the people just love it once it yeah, comes out. Yeah, I know. Out. It's They're a very mixed way off. thing. They're way off now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a very uh, mixed thing. But comedy is so important now. It really oh, is. Oh, God, more than, more than ever, maybe. Yeah, I think so. People are so, so lucky angry. that way. God, people are angry. People are angry, and people want to <laughs> hop on to the angry boat, too. Yeah, they, they do. Because they want their anger... They want everyone. They want to know that it's okay to be angry. Yeah. So they find other people to be angry about. But I've mean, never been around somebody who's really angry. You ever been around somebody who's oh, really, really angry? angry? Yeah. Ooh, it's exhausting. You don't want to be like that. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's we exhausting. had uh, Dave Mordahl this morning. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Mordahl just had a pure rage. Or Jason, Jason on his talk show. He's such an yeah. angry guy. Jason. Yeah. But, uh, Channel yeah. 9. But, uh, oh, what a rich. No, that's a joke. He does a morning show, too, doesn't he? Yeah, it's called The Jason. Yeah, he's very. No, I don't mean the TV one. He does a radio one, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. Gosh, is he on with like Alexis, Jason and Alexis? I think. Just, I just, just to be clear, Jason is very nice. Very <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I said that. <laughs> you know, I, I think I did. Think we no, were really bagging on Jason, of course. Oh no, no, but no, more no, no, really no, 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 and it, he is a legendary comedian. There's no doubt about right. that. He is. But he, he go, oh, Dave, I just wanted to come over and say, go, just hold on a second. I don't like people, yeah. and I don't feel like talking to you. Right. Like, exactly. Dave, exactly. we have a job because of them. Right, right, You right. know this or not, but he's a crabby bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very first he time I met him. Hate people. I was right. doing, I, I got to open for him. Oh, you did? Yeah, and I was like, Dave, uh, Bill Bauer. Uh, while Bill Bauer started oh, yeah. the gig, and Bill was one of my mentors, and I meet Dave, and I go, Dave, it's an absolute pleasure to meet you. You're one of my, you know, you're one of my Whoops. local comedy heroes. And he goes, Well, I'll change that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. seconds later, I'll screw like, that up. I dare change that. Yeah, you're, right. you're a ragey dick. <laughs> 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 All right, funny. that's a great way to wrap it up, Chris Catan. <laughs> Thank you. Gentlemen. He is at New Hope Cinema Grill tonight. Two shows tomorrow night. Two shows as well. Ron, thanks for coming in with him. My pleasure. So thanks for having me. I will say one, one quick thing. That's why I, the perfect mix of, of, of humor with love was uh, Don Rick. I think. Oh, you know. Now we got to like, do another. Making hour. fun of something. Okay, <laughs> now we got to do another hour. Right, I I loved. I made Don Rickles. And that's cry hard once. to do now, unless uh, you were our Don Rickles. I made Don Rickles cry once. Really? It was the sweetest goddamn thing ever. Yeah. I was interviewing him years ago. Yeah. And I said, Don, I got to bring this up to you because I I was so impressed with it. There was a show called Run for Your Life. Mm -hmm. Ben Gazzara. Oh, Ben Gazzara. Of course. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. I'm a performer. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the show business. Uh, all the yeah. chicks are coming uh, over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Don Rickles played a, a stand-up comedian who was failing on the show Run for Your Life. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, Don, i got to be honest with you. The emotion you showed when finally the, the audience, because the audience at the end of the show turns on him and they hate him and blah, blah, blah. Right. I said, i got to tell you something. Honest God, that was some great acting you did there because you. I was very convinced that like you really felt hurt that those people would turn on you like that. And he started crying. He goes, I can't tell you how much that means to me. Wow. That somebody liked my acting. Right. No. See, I'm even tearing up talking about wow. it. Wow. I got to go home. No. <laughs> I love him in Casino. Oh, God, I love Don Rickles so much. Yeah. He, okay, I just did this one yesterday. Fantastic. 
Tonight Show is out in the audience. Guy about 450 pounds. Mm-hmm. 6'5". Stands up and goes, hey, what's your name, buddy? He goes, Tiny. My name's Tiny. He goes, Tiny, huh? What's your wife, a waffle? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the greatest jokes of all time. Anyway, anyway, uh... (laughs) All right. Thanks for coming in, man. Thank you, man. I had a great time. Have a great weekend.